everybody, and welcome back to Do You Wanna Do What? The podcast where Dungeons and Dragons sometimes happens. I am your Dungeon Master, DM Doug, and tonight we are going to be joined by a group of people stuck in a palace of 1,000 and rooms, which has been graciously given to us. And honestly, I, I've read through the first three books, well, almost four, and other than a couple of tiny, you know, personal tweaks, I love this stuff. And the guys at Dichotomy Games, who have just been absolutely doing amazing, those guys over at Primus Sharp Edge Dice, for giving us the tools we use to torture our players. <laughs> and, of course, everyone else at D&D Adventure, the split party girls who crit. My dad wrote a porno, recently ended, still hilarious. Although, uh, there's talks of another series, there's at least an HBO special, so let's see how that pans out. And for the guys, the Florida men on Florida men. That's, that's, that's a fun one. So, where we rejoin everybody is currently in room 38. This cool and dark stairway has a few missing blocks in the walls and thick cobwebs in several places. A stench-like manure wafts through the air... As a duck finds its, uh, or a duck, now person, finds its arm being dragged in to the hole by the shoulder and being pulled in harder and harder. What do you guys want to do? Ow, 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 What did somebody tell? Did nobody tell you about putting your arm in holes you don't know? It was a hole. I put it in there. Ow! Somebody get this thing off me. I'm gonna go up to him and I'm gonna shove the attached prosthetic arm that I have on in the You're hole. Hip. Oh shit! Okay. Um. Trust me. We will be adding you to the rooms shortly. I just they entered this room by themselves. All good. I believe a duck was owing and a bickle was laughing. So, Lula, what do you want to do? I would like to try to keep him from going through the hole. Do I need to, uh, uh, like, roll a, like, to grab him and pull him back? Strength check. Strength check. What am I, what am I rolling fully? Uh, D20 plus your strength modifier. Twenty-three. Wow, I rolled a nineteen for my base. Nice. Um, and Bickle also wants to give you an assist. I'm going to use hard dice here, because what the hey, why not? Again, Primus Sharp Edge. That's a six. Uh, Bickle is going to attempt to help by splashing some beer on you to help lube him up to get out of the wall. McQuackens uh, is going to plant his feet against the base of the wall and try to pull back. Alright, and as Lula pulls, it rolls an 8. If you can roll higher than a 13, you will succeed. 
Could I have somebody roll in my place? I will roll. That was a 12. What is your strength modifier? Uh, my strength modifier is a plus 2. I think. With a plus uh, give 2. Me just... hmm? Give me just a second. I'm getting flipped around. Drop. Sorry, I... Do apologize. I am trying to do a bunch of things at once. Um, I understand. You can hold on just a second, bud. You still have five minutes. Um, that is okay. That's fine, bud. Love you. Come on, load up. Oh, sorry, my strength modifier is a plus one. Okay, so with a 13, you just managed to pull your arm in with a <clears throat> and then the landing on the floor, seeing the shredded remains of what was once your sleeve. Looking into the hole, you see many eyes jockeying for place to look at you, then suddenly move away. What do you guys want to do next? Quackens is going to move his shoulder around to make sure it still works properly. Uh, I'd like to use Healing Word on the Duck King. Alright, go ahead and cast. Give me just a second. I need to pull that up. Where'd I go? I have, okay, nine. 30. You get 30 health points back. What? Greatly appreciate it, thank you. Be healed, my friend! Well, at least I can fly straight again. That remains to be seen. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I do recommend we do not put our arm in that hole. Do not touch that hole. That hole is bad. Bad hole. As as McQuackens tell you know explains this and feels like he's degrading the hole now. Um. <laughs> All right, so what are we what are we looking at now? We had the one that I put my arm in, or McQuackens put his arm in. Was there anything else that we perceived in this room uh, from last week? The only thing you've done so far is shove your arm in room three. They're all three. All right. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. 
so uh, McQuackens is going to reach down and he's going to draw one of his skirmishers. I said that wrong. I know I did. Uh, and he's going to walk up to hole two and just poke the sword into the hole. Very well. Inside, you poke a giant spider. Roll a strength check. Okay. Uh, Discord. Thirteen. They do not let go of the sword. Uh oh. You are currently holding onto the sword that is firmly grasped by a large spider, two feet in diameter. Okay, I'm gonna thrust the sword again to try to to stab through the the uh the spider. Go ahead and make an attack roll. That's a 1d8. I think. Double check. It's a 1d6 plus 1. I want to look into hole 1. Cautiously. That's a nat 1. an attack roll? Yes. You have to roll a d20 for an attack roll. Oh. Okay. I'll roll a d20. <clears throat> I was going off the attack for my, my sword. You have to hit it first. Oh. And that's with the strength modifier, correct? That is correct. That's a three. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Lula, I think I'm pissing this thing off. Uh. <clears throat> As a reaction, it gets to attack you. Oh no. With a poison bite. Oh no. I am just not. 22 against your armor class. What's that? Uh, armor class is 20. That's a 22. You take 16 damage. I just healed you! I'm sorry! It was. Trying to Stop sticking your hands in holes! It's not my hand this time, it's my sword. Stop sticking things in holes! You just scared Bickle. <laughs> just stop. Put your hands in your pockets. Now. I'm gonna I'm going to attempt to pull my blade back. 
as you attempt to pull your blade back, Lula reaches into a hole and pulls out a key Ooh. with the number 43 written on it. 43. I'm going to pocket that. Where was that when I needed it two seconds ago? <laughs> Apparently you just keep picking all the wrong holes. And uh, you're well, attacking. What do you want to do? Do what? I I didn't catch everything you said. Your attack hits. What do you want to do? No, I wasn't attacking. I was trying to get my sword away. Well, yes. But I thought you were doing that by attacking. I mean, I guess I can. I was thinking like a lunge forward, you know, to try to, to throw it off, stab it, and then pull it back. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Uh, what do you what need me to roll for? Uh, that's my 1d6, correct? I believe so. 1d6 plus... Plus... Three. <coughs> Alright, so... As you pull the sword out, after giving it a good jab, taking off one of its front legs, you notice that all the other spiders around it start to pick at the leg and to eat it themselves, Ooh. leading the wounded spider further back into the cave. What do you want to do? Well, first off, McQuackens is going to shudder. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's time we carry on. I don't yeah. care about these. Let's go. <clears throat> we would like to leave this room. Very well. Who would like to roll the D100 to see where the hell you go? Who hasn't rolled it yet? Bickle. Oh, God. Bickle can roll. Very well. Two. Where are we going? Room two. Alrighty, then. Interestingly enough, as a giant drawbridge archway is guarded by a winged kobold, which watches its above from the battlement, you have noticed that you are outside with a large drawbridge currently raised and lowered into nothing but another portal. Give me a moment, and I shall send a picture. All right, sounds good. Hey, Lula, it's gotten awful quiet around here. Should I be loud? <laughs> sure. Hey, Doug. Yes? I'd like to pull my bagpipes out. Oh, no. I'd like to play my bagpipes. No, no, no. Really, really loud. And I'd like okay. to make it beautifully loud. It's not just, it's not distasteful. There's, there's grace to it. So, but, but really, really loud. 
you want to do a performance check. Yes. Are you ready for this performance check, Doug? Uh, I got a 22. Oh, that would have been a nat, too. And I'd also like to give Bardic inspiration with my music. You rolled a two. <laughs> bards. Plus 20. All I gotta say, just just, just bards. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> No, Doug. It's what I'm going to do to you. Ew. <laughs> so while Lula is uh, gearing up for her uh, performance of a lifetime, <laughs> I'm going to do the thing I always do. Okay, hold on here. Before I do the thing I always do. Uh, are we up by one, or are we down by the bridge? Number four. We're on number four? <coughs> well. I am going to while she's doing her performance I want to do a perception check on the area around me to see if there's any other way to go besides the portal before us besides the what uh, there's a portal at the end of the bridge if I'm not if I'm looking at that right right you can go anywhere you want. Well, I'm just going to look around the area and see if there's another pathway, I guess. I don't know exactly what I'm looking for at the moment. And I rolled a 14. So, explain to me what it is exactly you want. I am, I'm just looking around the area in general to see if I can see anything. Okay, so, you do notice here that this is a very short drawbridge, and you notice... Even though it's short, it almost seems like this could be somewhere you could enter or leave from. You notice at the very top, 
there seems to be a gargoyle, but it's not looking like a regular gargoyle. It shifts and shudders in the cold wind. You notice that even while the, the walls, even while the walls couldn't be scaled, there is an open small slit in the wall and a rope leading all the way to the top of the tower that only a small creature would be able to climb. Uh. Hey, look, a rope. <laughs> a rope my size. Hmm. Should we just move on, or should you know we... what you're doing, Doug? You know what you're doing. I didn't write this. Don't look at me. Uh huh. Sure. Sure, you didn't. I want to climb the think... rope. Maybe we should just move on and go to the next room. The portal's right here. No, it's so tempting. <laughs> I need to climb the rope. I mean, climb the rope if you want. I'll be right here on this uh, this bridge that just appears to be a bridge. Well, part of a bridge. Doug. Mm-hmm. I'm going to climb the rope. Very well. As you climb to the very top, you find yourself in the fourth room. Overlooking the third. One moment. I am getting you a picture of the room. And now McQuacken stands uh, alone on the bridge. Say what? I said, and now McQuacken stands alone on the bridge. Very well. As you stand alone on the bridge, seeing your friend, for lack of a better way of saying it, scurry up all the way to the top, finding herself at the top of a large tower leading straight down. Hmm. Oh. Now, is there any plausible way for me to get to where she's at, or... Only by climbing the rope. But you said the rope was only big, the rope was small. Mm-hmm. So somebody, so somebody of McQuacken's stature would not stand a chance on that rope. You could certainly try. And fall to my death? I'm crazy, but not that crazy. Um, can I, uh, can I tell if there's anything alive down that shaft? <laughs> Shut up! Fucking child. You can make an investigation check, a perception check, uh -huh. a survival check. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Give me a second. Okay. I am rolling for investigation. Ten. You stick your head down the hole and you don't hear anything. What does my gut tell me? There's nothing mm. down there. All right. While she's sticking her head down this hole, uh, McQuackens is going to holler up and say, are you coming back down here? This is me thinking right now, trying to decide if I want to go farther and be alone. And Bickle's just swigging from his flask of unlimited ale. Wait, is Bickle's with us? Yes. Oh, so the uh, McQuackens isn't alone. Correct. I want to slowly... Go farther down the staircase. Very well. You slowly descend the staircase, going down two, three, four, five flights, and finding at the very bottom flight an empty doorway that glows blue. Quackens is going to slowly turn around and then catch sight of Bickles and jump and possibly scream like a little squirrel girl. Okay, I have a... Mm. I have a bell in my inventory. I would like to take it out and throw it through the portal. With a... <laughs> it disappears. Can I stick my head through the portal? And I want to be ready to go backwards as soon as possible. You certainly can after a D100 is rolled to see what room you'll be going into next. And okay. there's already someone who knows exactly what room that they're going to be rolling. Or exactly who I mean is going to be rolling. But who's rolling? Uh, Cassidy. Oh, Cassidy. Cassidy. Cassidy's rolling something? Sorry, she ran off. No, it's okay. Oh, She's oh. rolling a D100. When she returns, I will tell her to do that. Very well. In the meantime, Lula, roll a D100. Okay. 
84. Uh oh. Don't say that. Well, no, it's just the higher the number, the more difficult the puzzle. No! I'm too dumb for this. 66 is what I got. 56? So it was 5, 6, or 6, 6? 6, 6. 6, 6. Very well. Lula, your head pops out in a room entirely lined with different mirrors. As you look into the mirrors, you immediately start to take psychic damage. Roll for a constitution saving throw. Okay, well, I'm also going to close my eyes as soon as I start taking damage. Very well. Nine. (laughs) As you take nine damage, seeing your own reflection twisted and gnarled staring at you, you look down as the pain stops and shut your eyes. Do you want to keep your head in the room or pull it out? Um, I want to cast True Seeing on myself. So I can see past whatever magic is in the room. As you cast True Seeing on yourself, you notice that all of these mirrors are enchanted to give a version of vicious mockery. Oh. Anyone who looks at them will immediately start to take psychic damage from the mirror's mocking of their visage. So then, what I want to do... I am going to... Give me a second, I gotta find... Can I use... I want to use a certain weapon. I'm thinking about just taking a hammer to it. I want to break some of that mirror off and take it with me and use it as a weapon. Well, do you got to tell me what you want to do? Yeah, I want to take a hammer to... While my eyes are closed, of course, I want to take a hammer, try and break some of the mirrors so that they break off in pieces and stuff and, like, find a piece that is... Uh, you know, a good size, like maybe a few smaller pieces, of course, and have and use a uh, cloth over her hands, all while keeping her eyes closed. She's got to do this all by feeling everything. Very which why, well. Which is why the cloth over her hands, so she doesn't cut herself. Very well. So as you walk into the room, the door dimming behind you, all of a sudden. You no longer hear what's going on in the other room with the duck and Bickle. As they suddenly go to follow you and instead walk into room number 66, finding a familiar set of faces in a room that they honestly have no idea how they wound up in. Visitors arriving from this floor will enter through the top right-hand corner. This warm corridor has a distinct odor of smoke and dander, 
A chained hound blocks the way with a glistening fire the animal's eye stirs at you as Theodore, Cassidy, Bickle, and a human once duck all look on to see this starving dog chained in the center of a hallway. Hmm. Well, um... What do you know? Oh, by the way, Cassidy, is your other half playing on your feet as well, or is it just you tonight? Um, I was gonna say, uh... <laughs> oh, um, could you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay, um, I was gonna say, uh, Cassidy, uh, not Cassidy, sorry, fuck. Uh, Theodore is in the opposite corner of the room from the dog hissing at it with uh, his back arched. Oh, poor kitty. You're not there, Lula. Shush. That's a little voice in the back of your head. They tell you to do all the fucked up shit you want to do. Oh, you're the bad one. Okay. Um, no, I'm fine. Gentlemen, I believe you may have forgotten that Lula, she doesn't have a shoulder angel and a shoulder demon. It's probably just two demons, and they're arguing about which one gets to do the thing this time. <laughs> Got it. All right. Yep. All right. So, that being said, so Theodore is in the corner. Cassidy is deadpan staring at this dog. Bickle is drinking heavily. What is Sir Quackington doing? Uh, Sir Quacking's gonna do an Arcana check on the dog. You certainly can try. That is a really good way to put that, since my rolls have been nasty lately. Hey, I'm nothing if not honest about this one. You can certainly try. Uh, let's see here. If I was a duck, where would I be? Not in this place. Is that even up for question? Quack. 29. <sighs> With a 29 that you notice that this is no ordinary dog. This is a hellhound. Ooh. It resembles a large red-brown fur, red glowing eyes, stands two to three feet, and a distinct odor of smoke and sulfur. The baying sound has an eerie hollow tone that sends a shiver through all of them. It will attack first by breathing on people up to ten yards away. While being immune to fire, it can also see anything hidden or invisible 50% of the time. You know that this is a very formidable creature. Well, everyone, uh... You're gonna die. Uh, well, you know, they have a saying called fuck a duck. And, well, the duck's been fucked. That's a hellhound. <laughs> Let's leave it fuck on a chain. And Fuck a duck, the duck's been fucked. 
that 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 there is a hellhound. We uh, how are we gonna do anything about this? Can we pet it? Uh, Rockris, you're not there yet. Crap, the next I'm sorry. Group, they're gonna find you, my friend. Ah, I'm sorry. I yeah. Hmm. So we need to get past the hellhound to get to the other gate, correct? Or can you can I... go back at the same gate from whence you um, came. It can can Cassidy use friends on it? On the hellhound. Yes. It's it's a it's a cantrip. What what school of magic is that? Oh. I have to look it up, hold on. Take your time. Alright. While that's going on, I am going to... It's an enchantment. Okay, so this is technically a fiend. Give me just a moment. the world. Uh, casual cruelty, physical attack. Okay. I just had to familiarize myself with it really quick. That's fine. Oh, yes, in fact, you can attempt to. Uh, what is the saving throw on that? Uh, let me check. I don't think there is one. Let me check. Uh, while that's all going on, can I do a history check on the Hellhound to see if there is a way to befriend it? You can certainly try. There's no check or anything like that. Do, do you want me to read it to you? Uh, uh, if you'd be so kind. 27, Doug. Uh, as soon as they are done reading, I will fill you in on the model okay. habit. So, for, uh, so it's a concentration spell. For the mm -hmm. duration, uh, wait, yeah. For the duration, you have advantage on all charisma checks directed towards one creature of your choice that isn't hostile towards you. When the spell ends, the creature realizes that you used magic to influence its mood and becomes hostile towards you. A creature prone to violence might attack you. Another creature might seek retribution in other ways, all at the DM's discretion, depending on the nature of your interaction with it. So it basically makes it, convinces it to be friendly until the spell ends. One minute. So if Cassidy <laughs> lets everybody run through the door. Okay, and the duration of the spell is? One minute. So she has one minute to get everybody out the door. Out the gate. How do you want to do this? Describe to me how you want to subjugate this hellhound. Um, so Cassidy, like, so you said that the hellhound is sleeping, correct? I did not. Okay, I thought you did. Okay, never it mind. Was. And it roused when it saw you come in the room. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, once it rouses, uh, Cassidy is going to quietly and very motherly shush it, um, and pull out of her bag uh, a treat that typically she would use for Theodore, which is just like a bone, um, and offer it to the Hellhound, and also use the concentration spell while offering it the bone. 
Well, that doesn't sound entirely unreasonable. Here, have bone, puppy? puppy? Have bone? Uh, what kind of bone? It's one of the lizard bones. Oh my god. I don't know if you remember before uh, Cassidy uh, uh, summoned some uh, lizard people back in the uh, other campaign we were doing, and I realized that we never said anything that happened with those, uh, so Cassidy just has their bones. So That's you just awesome. I fucking people. love that. <laughs> I fucking love you, like, Cassidy. That's awesome. I have bones. Yes, yeah, so they're fire salamanders. Um, she has the bones. You sound like so. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're just like, you I sound think... so guilty about it. It's like it's a bad thing. Well, well yeah, because I thing. forgot about them for like three games. Oops. Well, here's the thing, too, because hellhounds typically don't eat anything that did not come from the lower plains or thereabouts. This is a familiar food for it. Fire salamander would be right up its alley. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah. about them, so Cassie just shoved them in her fucking bag and was like, here, I take bones, we look at later. If she remembered them, they'd still be reanimated skeletons, but, um, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm letting this happen. But as the hellhound starts to chew the crap out of this lizard bone, you guys sneak by. Everybody roll a sneak check. That would be... Stealth. Stealth check. Who? What'd you get it? I got a twenty-four. One for both of them. Cassidy got a fifteen. Also good. Twelve. Theodore got a twelve. Okay. Although, uh, Theodore being a cat, wouldn't he get advantage on all sneak checks? He does. Oops. Hold on. I'll do that again then. I, I lose a team. Damn! Alright, the Quack and McQuackers uh, only got a 5. 16, then. Still pretty good. Very well. So, with a varying multitude of sneakiness, all but the duck seem to completely sneak by, but the duck's enticing scent had distracted the hellhound for only but a second as it went back to crunching on the bone as you all walk past. Entering into room number, give me a D100, Frockris. Uh, D100? D100. Five. Room five. 
very well. <laughs> it's going to be easy for you. As you enter the armory, you find Frocris. You emerge through any one of these three portals. You notice that the room smells of machine oil. A series of vaulted arches run along one wall. In the middle, you see Frocris enjoying what could only be a kid in a candy store kind of vibe as he holds a fine medium plus one shield that easily fits on his back and clinks in over his cannon, making his AC plus one. <laughs> and I'm just going to reach out, not even noticing them, and I'm going to use Shocking Grasp on a suit of armor to see what happens. Oh, shit. If it's an armory, I assume there's a lot of metal things, so Shocking Grasp on, a, on armor might just have a bounce around the room. No, that's not how this game works. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and use sh Shocking Grasp on some armor in front of me. All right. Well, first things first. In order to do that, you're going to have to make an attack roll. Is it really a mimic? I didn't say anything. You didn't have to. That's why I was hoping to do that all around the room. Twenty-five. With a twenty-five, your shocking grasp suddenly activates one of the metal golems standing watch in the room. What do you want to do? I don't know which metal man I want to kill first. Well, all I wanted to do was find some armor. I, I, I throw the nearest um, piece of armor at him. What do I pick up? What's even near me? Uh, it's pushing you to a portal. Push, oh. push, put, and everybody make a strength saving throw in the room. Oh my god, I got a four. That's a four. Progress strength saving throw? Uh, can I cast web so I can do it with advantage? Nope. This is a strength saving throw because you attacked something and it's taking a reaction. True. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Echo got a three. Cast yeah, you're you're being pushed out too. Cassidy got a ten. Gidor also got a nine. A ten. As you all get pushed back out of the room into the one that you were previously, the metal. Golem walks back in, 
and you see the door click shut and disappear. And uh, Lula. Yes. This whole time you have been doing what? Collecting pieces of the broken mirror to use as weapons. So for that, you're going to have to do something a little interesting. Uh-huh. Give me just a moment. I'm grabbing the stats for the mirrors. Ah, here we are. The Hall of Mirrors. So, as you have broken one of the mirrors, you notice that there are, in fact, dozens on the wall. There are six on each side of the wall, a long hallway leading straight through to another portal. Mm-hmm. With these dozen mirrors, you have only successfully broken one. What do you want to do? I want to take the pieces from it and uh, wrap them in a piece of cloth and store them in my bag of holding. Very well. You have shards of a mockery mirror in your inventory. Can you send stats for that? It's literally just a mirror that has vicious mockery on it as a cantrip. Okay. Nothing special. So, the other 11 mirrors, what do you want to do? Um, I'd like to try to find my bell I threw in, crawling on the floor with my eyes closed. Um, I'm just going to, to save you and our audience a lot of time and headache and tell you that anything thrown into a barrier, it is written here that it is immediately destroyed and irrecoverable. God damn it. Hey, I didn't write this. I am going to continue to crawl along the floor until I can find the portal out. Very well. Roll a d100. Nine. Very well. You end up in room number nine. Oh, shit. Don't fucking say that. Stop it. When the DM says, oh, shit. Please say it. Except for the dim, eerie glow of the portal. A partially armored ogre is chained at the ankle against the far wall. The stench of his enormous chamber pot is present in the room. It sleeps, gently leaned against the wall. A giant club made from a tree branch resting on its chest. What do you want to do? So, anyhow, I just start clomping in, not, not really realizing... No, no, Frockris, this is you. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just messing. I'm sorry. Lula, what do you want to do? Uh, so it's safe to open my eyes, yeah? You have gone through the portal, if that's what you're asking. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm gonna open my eyes and, um... Of course, taking the fact that there's a giant ogre across the room, I'm going to use myself, um... To basically disappear. Okay. What have I missed? Uh, Lula has come up against a sleeping ogre. That sounds delightful. So I roll stealth, yeah? Yeah, you can certainly roll stealth. Doug, it's me. I got a 35. You can always roll a 1. I, I didn't. As if the night itself, you disappear into a shadow. As you wait for the door to glow again, letting you know it's safe to leave. The pitch black envelops you. Um. As you guys are all pushed out of the room by the automaton... Roll a D100 to see where you end up. Oh, I thought we ended up back in the hallway with the hellhound. Nope. Once you enter the room, you are pushed through the portal into a different place. Portals right. are rather erratic. Uh, who's rolling? I will. Forty-one. Forty-one. Ooh. Torches flicker softly as the stinging burn of oil that soaks them can be detected. A single closed door at the bottom of a staircase entices the curious. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I only heard about half of what you said you cut out for me. Oh. Uh, one second. I will... Okay. Torches flicker softly. The stinging burn of the oil that soaks them can be detected. A single closed door at the bottom of the stairs entices the curious. I'm sending a picture now. With nothing in the room, Echo starts to go down the stairs straight towards the door, inspecting it. Very well. You notice this door. The door at the end of the corridor is locked. It looks like it's designed for more than one key to open it. Uh-oh. 
Uh, I'm just. It looks like a specific key is needed here. Um, what room is this? We don't have the room key. Room forty-one. We we don't we don't have the key. Then do we head back through the portal, or do I? As she's speaking, Echo's already tr pulling out a rapier and trying to pick the lock herself. Let's just go back through the portal. Uh. Roll for Dex to see if you can pick the lock. Uh, 18 plus 9, so that's seven, uh, 27 total. The door and clicks open. And who said we need a key? I stand corrected. What is past the door? I said push it right open. I'm reading ahead. <clears throat> as soon as you open the door, you see hiding in the shadows of the door casing what appears to be a large black bat with a needle-like barbed tail and cold blue glowing eyes. A body amorphous, but ten, if not twenty, spidery black claws on the underneath. If you want to make a history check. I will, uh... I... Okay. Yeah, I, I have a good advantage on history. Um, I also have a plus six to history. You can certainly roll for it as well. I have a plus ten... Nineteen <laughs> You know that these are also creatures known by one other name. The Magic Leech. As it immediately jumps on the first person who opened the door and goes to attack. Rolling a 19 against your armor class. Tis a 16. It hits and takes one of your spell slots. <gasps> uh, by a certain level or... Uh... One random spell slot. I have spell slots 1 through 4. So roll a d4. This could be really bad if it's... I say, damn it, it's my only 4th level spell slot. Mm. Fuck! Oh, no! Uh, okay, okay. Uh, we're fine. We're fine. We're absolutely fine. I just good? want a nap. I want a nap, that's all. Oh. So, what do you guys want to do next? Well, I stabbed the blade. Thing. Nope. Stab it. <laughs> Very well. So go ahead and make another attack roll. I hope 
that uh, 26 hits this thing? A 26 does. What do you want to do? Uh, so first off, it's my weapon of Eternal Forge, so I actually need to figure out what type of weapon it is today. <coughs> uh, and that would be a scimitar. So it's a D6 plus... Uh, uh, it's only nine damage. Is it magical damage or physical damage? I assume that it's a magical that the magical sword deals magic damage. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> what I mean is, is it like a plus one or something? Uh, plus five. So yeah. Very well. So as you stab at this thing, taking off a couple of its legs from its underside, it sticks to you even harder, trying to take. Yet another level from, or get another spell slot from you. Just immediately takes it, or just roll another attack? It rolled a 13. 16. We're safe. Very well. So, now that uh, your two rounds are up, does anybody else want to try rolling for initiative? Or does Bickle's just going to leave you to it? Well, I'm I'm watching this all go down, and I want no part of it. You're not even going to help. That's so much work. Fine. Bickle's not going to so much help as much as. He's going to cast Vicious Mockery from the shadows and to try to just make its life a living hell. Uh, and just for this, I've actually been saving up a couple of insults just for Bickles. So I'll let you guys go first and then we'll let him hit him. So, do you want to roll um, for initiative, or... I, I was gonna, yeah, can, I mean, I was gonna have Cassidy attack the leech, um... Very well. Uh, that's attack. Okay. So, everyone go ahead and roll initiative, then. So, the leech is going to be 17. Well, let's see here. Why? That's not what I wanted to do. Okay, so I got a 13 for Cassidy and a 15 for Theodore. So, a 13. I got an 11. I got an 8. Plus 
All right. Who was it who had the eight again? Echo. Echo had the eight. Echo. And the 11 was? Uh, the quack. Ah. Okay, first in the order is the leech. So it is going to try to 19 against your armor class take another spell slot. Who's armor class? Haha, I don't have another fourth level spell slot. Go fuck yourself. Uh, no, actually, you roll a d3 now. We don't have a d3, do we? We roll a fourth. There's only first level spell slot, but I don't have many of those. Well, now you have less. Such is the nature of this creature. Next in the order is Theo. What do you want to do? Okay, Theodore wants to use Phantasmal Killer on the leech. Ooh, very nice. So. All right. Do you need me to read it? If you'd be so kind. Okay, sorry, I had to switch off of uh, push to talk. No, no, take your time. It is another concentration spell. It's an illusion. Uh, you tap into the nightmares of a creature you can see within range and create an illusionary manifestation of its deepest fears, visible only to that creature. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the target becomes frightened for the duration. At the end of each of the target's turns before the spell ends, the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 4d10 of psychic damage. On a su successful save, the spell ends. Uh, just out of curiosity, what class are you using to cast it? Uh, this is Wizard. Oh. This is off of Theo. This is off of Theo. Theo gets first turn, then it's, uh, Cassie's turn. Yeah. No, no, it's not that. <clears throat> is the mana either literally just... Okay. Uh, a mage bane shadows its chosen mage, flitting about a nearby and usually behind him. Whenever a wizard casts a spell, there is a chance that mage bane will rob the spell of either all or part of its energy. What the fuck? So that means that Theo and Cassidy are useless. Well, technically, I have to roll here to see if it's going to take all of your spell slots. Or half of your spell slot's energy. Oh. I didn't write this. Half of my spell slot? It eats the entire spell as you try to cast it. Right. So, it absorbs your spell slot. Wonderful, and it doesn't do any damage. I love that. That is correct. Next in the order is Cats. What do you want to do? Hold on, I'm going to check something real quick. Take your time. I hear a horny kitty cat. She's an asshole. No, I'm pretty sure that's the wrong you one. Know what? You know what? You know what? Cats is just going to fucking shoot it with the crossbow. I like it. You're going to shoot something on one of your friends with a crossbow. 
You're damn right. Cassidy doesn't have any friends. Oh. It is it is true. Echo's expendable at that. Alright, go ahead and roll for your attack. Okay, sorry. Uh do I have advantage or disadvantage? Or no advantage? Just it should be disadvantage. Is it disadvantage? Unless you don't care who it hits. Unless you don't care who it hits. So is it is it disadvantage? If you don't care who it hits, you can have disadvantage. If you are precisely taking aim just at it. It would be without advantage. Okay, yeah, she's just taking sight at just it. Very well. Go ahead and roll the hit. 21. 21. Roll for damage. So I do 4d12 of damage. I don't know how. Can someone roll? Can somebody roll for me? I don't know how to use the generator, and I only have one D twelve. Did I kill it? No, not that. Not quite yet. As soon as you hit it, it immediately detaches and goes to scuttle off, limping with what you can easily tell is a very bloodied look. Using its only opportunity to get away. What do you want to do? Are we still in initiative order? Technically, next in the order is Mr. Quackers. So yes. All right. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty close to death, right? It is limping away. All right. I am going to uh, cast cloud cloud kill at it. That is my fifth level conjuring. You create a 20 foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow green fog centered on a point you choose within range. A fo- the fog spreads around corners and it lasts for the duration or until a strong wind disperses the fog, ending the spell. Its area is heavily its area is heavily obscured when the creature enters the spell area for the first time on a, on a turn or starts its turn there. That creature must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes a 5d8 poison damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Creatures are affected even if they hold their breath and don't need to breathe. The fog moves 10 feet away from you at the start of each of your turns. Rolling along the surface of the ground, the vapors being heavier than air sink to the lowest level of land, even pouring down pouring down openings. I just have one quick question. See. What class are you casting this at? My druid class. 
this is sorcerer or wizard only. Really? It's in my spell slots. It actually showed up in my spell slots whenever uh, I leveled up. This might be one of those spells a different class could learn, but it does say it's either sorcerer or wizard. Oh no, so wait a minute. That's really weird, because like I said, whenever I leveled up, these are the spells that became available. Hmm. Is it because you're of the subclass? Is it a subclass, perhaps? Because subclasses. Uh, I'm a, up. I'm a tiefling druid. Hmm. I'm not arguing. I've just haven't heard of that one specifically used that way before. What spell are we? Cloud Confused? kill. Cloud it's, kill. No, it. Yeah, it says it's druid. It doesn't have. It says druid underneath the spell. Is it a druid of the spools route with a recent release? Ravnica druid, probably. Druid of the spores, Gloomstalker, or something like that. Gloomstalker is like a ranger. Never mind. Uh, if you don't think, then I will figure something else out. Um, I believe I fixed my microphone issues. Sound amazing. Dog, you sound great. You sound great. Um, this is a Circle of Spores Druid spell. Actually, a lot of my spells are... Like, I have Gaseous Form, Stinking Cloud, uh, Cloud So just you and D&D. Sounds fun to lost DM already talked about it, so it's... Gotta let one rip. Here, this is your kind of character. Sounds fun. You know what? Given the circumstances, because if you can legitimately see it in there, I will allow it. I trust my player. So, Cloud Kill. Uh, uh, the thing is... It says if they don't breathe, it's a construct. So it would have never needed to breathe in the first place. Yeah, hold on. I'm skimming back down to that. Thank you. Creatures are affected even if they hold their breath or don't need to breathe. So they're still affected regardless. Well, just I'm thinking a mechanical object doesn't need to breathe. Is this, never would is need this, to breathe. Is this thing a mechanical object? Did I mishear? It is technically a, a mechanical construct, yes. Like I said, if if need be, I can go a different route. No, no. Uh, uh, let's say it works, because like you said, even if the thing doesn't breathe, so go ahead and roll for damage. Alright, and my damage for this would be, because it's only a 5th level, it'd be 1d8. Um, okay. Give me just a second here. Go back Take over here. I'm on my phone. This is really... You'd be 5d8. Do what? Isn't it 5d8 as a 5th level? Uh, Hold on. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using the spell slot, second level or higher healing increases by... Oh, I read the wrong thing. 
Uh, creature you touch. Oh, why am I looking at cure wounds? I don't know. Why are you? Something my phone's off. Something sounded off. Uh, let's see here. At higher levels, when you cast a spell using spell slot six level or high, it has to be above six level for it to be for the damage to increase by one d eight. Uh, but the damage. Oh, it is a five d eight. Thank you. No problem, no problem. But is everyone in the room is affected by this, correct? Like, how big is the room? Uh, I... That's a Dungeon Master question. Uh, how big is the room? Well, I did send you guys a picture. It's literally just a hallway, and this hallway is about 30 feet long. It's 10 uh... feet, 10 feet of stairs going down, a ten foot corridor going straight. And what about behind the the door? How much room was door there? Door was pitch black where the spider came from, or the uh, the mage bane rather. So it's a ten foot uh, radius. Uh, probably cast it right towards the door. So more likely the back ten feet is good air, and the rest of it is this death cloud. Sound about good for roleplay. Yeah, because I'm going to be casting it in the direction of the creature. I'm cool with taking damage from the party just because that's like how the roleplay goes down. Alright, well if everyone's cool with it, I am going to roll this 5d8. Very well. And my... Okay, let's see, that's 76644. And if I if I read that correctly, uh, that cloud kill uh, centered at the point you choose. So I'm centering it at the the construct or the, the very well. Made. So with this construct that had twenty three hit points left, you hit it for twenty seven, and you hear an <laughs> as it falls down. Completely inert. The door closes. What do you guys want to do? Um. <laughs> Using druidcraft, I immediately force a gust of wind through the area to stop people from taking poison damage. Sorry, guys. I had a... My stomach was a little upset. All right, so there's nothing behind that door that we yeah. uh, we need. That's arguable, but the real question is, is it worth dying for? I mean... It was pitch black. Did you really see anything back there that you would be, that you'd be interested in, Bickles? All right. I'll have these hands, and things have asses. That's about it. I will shoot you with my web. I will get off on it. That explains- I'm- I- should we just go back through the- Well, I'm not sure what's worth our lives, but- Echo casts 
fairy fire. Hey. What? Break for children. I am alone. Everything is working again. Perfect. We love that. Yeah, you gotta love it when you're you you go from using the oh no this is my backup set of uh, headset to I get to go back to my regular podcasting equipment. Oh, you got your computer working? Uh, more accurately, I got Discord working. Awesome. Um, Glad you're all set up. Um, Echoes are just quickly casting fairy fire down in the room to try and light it up. Uh, uh, the door has already been closed. Oh, never mind. Must have missed that. My apologies. Not a problem. I feel like we should just go back through the portal. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Cat raises a stiff hand. Pickle drinks. Through the portal we go. As you all turn around and go into room, roll a d100. 28. This pleasant, fresh, and contemplative chamber contains the bus of six people, both men and women. Large windows allow plenty of light and a gentle breeze in. The farthest end of the room from the large windows has a persistent magical light illuminating it. Um. Entering the room, Echo pays no mind of the bus, immediately is attracted to the light. One moment, I'm just... Floating a picture now. Okay, what's going on? You guys are in a hallway filled with Six different busts, a large open window. All right. So I to I want to look at these bus. And as you go to look at the bus, Lula ends up in room. Give me a D one hundred. Eighty-six. I swear I've already been there, damn it! In fact, you have not. 
fuck. As you open the room, revealing the archives, this chamber is cool and smells of scented candles. In addition to many bound books, there is a bowl of fire on a pedestal with a feather quill sticking out of it. All right, I got a 27 on my perception. Or investigation, or where it is. One moment. I'm just uploading a picture for Lula. There we are, and we will get to your investigation check in just a moment. Lula, what is it you want to be doing? I want to read all these books. Very well. So you sit down, and you manage to look at various books. Which one do you want to start with? Riddles of the Masters. Riddles of the Masters. As you sit down reading this riddle book, which takes hours and hours you realize that you are getting very, very tired. In fact, reading this book, you start to realize that you are awake well past sunset. As your compatriots in room 28. What do you guys want to do? Uh, I had a history check on the what? Uh, it wasn't a history, it was an uh, investigation for the busts. Uh, which one? There are currently six. Um, or do you just want to do a general one? I want to do a general one. Very well. That gives you... The names of the builders are engraved in common script on their respective pedestals in order from left to right. Gerard, whose bust is missing. Iptera. Aldorpheus, whose bust is missing. Eclarvalarnd. Siron Sosk. Brella Stunag. Dormem Bluesteam. And Vasari Darkbrook. All of those six being the only ones who knew the secrets of the 1001 runes. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Cassidy, dear, would you come here? I'm not very well versed in arcane. Would you help me with this strange glowing object? Cassidy shrugs and says, I apologize, dear, but I'm not very good at arcane either, so I, I cannot help you. And as you look at these busts, you notice one end of the hallway shows a courtyard spanning off into the distance with many other rooms. To the other side, you see that it's only inscribed as Master Gate. Um, 
I'm sorry. I, it's my serious apologies. I'm losing my steam. I'm going to have to hop out of here. I understand. I do wish you all a good night and good session. Oh, no. Hey, stuff happens real life first. We wish you all the best. Have a good one. You too. Good night, everyone. Good night. Very well. So, our resident duck has decided to wander off into another room. As the rest of you look on, noticing the bus aplenty and the ones that seem to be missing. What do you guys want to do? Um, Echo simply starts to look back at the busts, uh, see how valuable they are. Very well. You can either make a history check, an investigation check, or possibly even a wisdom check if you want. Just flat wisdom? Sure. Okay, a little bit better than what we've got going on. Uh, 16 total. The 16, looking at all the names, you notice that one of the actual missing bus isn't so much missing as it's in the wrong spot. As you pick up Brella's Gnomish bust, which is made out of a, a heavy brass, and you switch it with the one for Diptera, you feel the room grows a little lighter while the sun starts to set. You notice that the bars and the doors also seem to have magically faded. Two. It could only be described as two bars left. Uh, does anyone else see any of the statues out of place? And I asked Cassidy and Theodore to look around. Um, Theodore's going to, uh, investigate. He has, um, he has advantage on investigation. All right. I got a nat 20 plus six. Oh, nice. Notice that all of them seem to be in the right order now, but there are two that are missing. Um, can Cassidy use locate object? You would have to know what the object is specifically, wouldn't you? Well, I know it's a statue, right? I mean, I don't know. Of what? I don't know. Of who? I don't know how specific it is. 
I mean, you're casting locate statue. There's a lot of statues. True. It's more so a question than like a a definite. I have an idea. Let me check something. I'll be right back. I'm so alone. I should have sent Theodore with Lula. Ooh. I don't know if they were together at that point. I think it was after that happened that uh, Donovan met up with... Okay, so I consulted the manuals, and yes, while you would be able to locate a statue, you would have to know what that statue looks like. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that was just a question, more so than like a definite... You're not wrong. I also apologize. My fever is, like, rough. Oh, no, don't worry about it. It's, I mean, good, honestly, solid attempt. But only if you had to know what the sculptures looked like would I say yes. Because otherwise it's like, summon sculpture. Which one? I don't know. You suddenly get swarmed by a hundred sculptures. All right, so, sadly, you cannot locate the object. Is there anything else you'd like to attempt? No mystical, magical solutions. We have to do it the hard way. We are on our hands and knees, digging through dirt, looking for statues. Okay, it is literally just Echo doing that, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the, Cass- pr- the princess Cass- can't be <laughs> Oh, Cassie reaches down, attempts to look around, grabs something, and her uh, forearm falls off from her upper elbow. You should probably uh, get that fixed. Uh, Cassidy, you dropped something. She just very monotonely says, oh, and grabs the arm and attaches it back and uh, takes two pieces of like what looks like dental floss what joined together and just ties it back. And as you do that, you notice the sun has begun to set. You feel exposed in this small room, open to the elements as the clouds draw in. And like, so uh, suppose we can either set up camp on this wee spot, or we could take a chance with another door. What are we thinking? I'm thinking we set up camp. I'm quite worn down, and I'm not sure I can do much more. Okay, so we're just gonna risk 
whatever can get in through that window all night. Either we take shifts, or, quite frankly, the danger we're in right now is minimal compared to what we could risk in a random door. Uh, I'm up to adventure if you do not feel comfortable here, Bickle, but my say is the threats here don't seem that many. All right. We'll call it a night. I'll set up me tent. I'm gonna take a bath. And if anybody peeks in, I'll poke you in the nose. And I ain't gonna use a finger. So as Bickle settles in for the night... We are going to take our first break for the evening, so everyone can go grab a drink of water, hit the washroom, whatever it is you need to do, and we will be back soon. Okay. After that quick break, here we are back with Lula. Everybody else? Cassidy, Theodore, Echo, all them. All settling in for the night. Lula, having settled in in a nice, comfortable library, you notice that the sun has gone down many hours ago by your recollection. What do you want to do throughout the evening? I want to try to read as much as I can before I just pass out. And I would fall. I would use. I would end up falling asleep, curled up on a shelf, hidden behind a book. That does sound pretty, Lula. Very well. As you sleep. I'm guessing you want to get a full six hours, yes? Yeah. Very well. As you sleep, the night passes, day ages on into early afternoon by the time that you wake up. However, everyone else seems to find themselves woken up much, much earlier than that in the gallery. As the sun comes up, Bickle is cooking what he calls bacon, but it's just big chunks of pork fat. Gently singing to himself and sipping, you can't tell if it's coffee, whiskey, or both. What do you guys want to do? Is it still? Is this still during "quote unquote" long rest period? Like, how how much time has passed since we decided to break camp? You have just achieved a long rest. Okay. Uh, Echo wakes up with fresh light of the day, mumbling to herself, "It's got to be around here somewhere. It's got to." And keeps looking for more statues. 
Very well. What does everybody else want to do? Oh, Chris? Uh, Cassidy? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, sorry, I wasn't going through for some reason. Um, Theodore is still sleeping while Cassidy is just uh, sitting down on the floor propped up against the wall, not moving or saying anything. You know, I'd say she sleeps like a doll, but I mean that literally. And what does Echo want to be doing? Like I said, she is uh, currently on her hands and knees. As soon as light broke, she continued searching for the statues around the corners of the room. Seeing if there's any rubble or anything that they mistook last yesterday. Well, you don't find any rubble. All you notice is just lots of dust. However, what that leads you to believe is that the, while the statues are not there, wherever they are, they must be intact. Perhaps these busts have been taken off to one of these other rooms, and there are key to finding our way elsewhere. Is there still a portal open? They are all glowing blue. And with it being the morning, this might be the first time Echo takes time to do a head count and noticing that from her last recollection, three or four of our party members are not, are not here, and she's concerned about that. you express this concern or just keep it to yourself? Pickle, where are the other fae folk? Uh, the rabbit, Lula, um, even that strange new knight that we met. Well, I don't even know where we are, so I, I can't even know where they are. But you did you get separated from them? Cassidy and I, we we tried to avoid this place. We We tried to stay from going inside, and yet here we are. This is some strange magic indeed. Well, me, like an ass, I walked in the front door.
I'll take two hundred. Seriously, what do you guys want to do? Two hundred what? You were doing the Jeopardy theme. I, oh. We're, we're just chilling out in one of the rooms right now, right? Well, technically it's an open corridor, but yes. And there's and there's bars over one of the doors because of uh, the busts being some sort of magical lock. We, we can still. Goddamn. ADM. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure Kate didn't even get that part whatsoever. So I. I think that was the first time she realized that. Um, I'm trying to solve a puzzle here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Hey, DM. Mm-hmm. Can I go up to the magical lock? You certainly can. I'm going to do an arcana check, and I'm going to see if I can if I can get past it. I was going to actually have Theodore try to squeeze through the bars, because I don't know if you know this, but cats don't have collarbones. They're actually able to fit in spaces as far as they can push their whiskers in. Yep. While I am aware of this, there's a solid wooden door magically barred shut. Uh, I will roll for my arcana, and what do you want me to roll to see if I can pick lock it or get past it? It's not even a lock. It's literally a magical bar. That's it? Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of hole whatsoever? There is not. Hmm. You can tell that these are doors designed to swing outward. DM. I'm going to take three steps to the left of the door. Mm-hmm. I am going to light my cannon and I'm going to aim it directly at the wall. Very well. What do you want me to roll? Standard attack roll. Fourteen. Describe to me how you want to do this. Well, since the cannon is so heavy to begin with, I'm just going to light it, and then I'm going to get into a... I'm just going to get on all fools and let it blast up the wall, and I'll probably be sent up against the other wall, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. 
I'm just kind of imagining a reverse jetpack because of the fools. It says here as all damage to the building this building haven't been around for eons the magic of the room immediately corrects all of the cracks in the stone it reverts back to its previous form did i did i even make it past the layer though before it reformed you did not So I just need to do enough damage in a short amount of time that I can't keep up with the healing so I at least get a sliver of a hole that I can see past. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and use the Eldritch Cannon Fulse Ballista on the wall and hopefully I can try to get through with about 20 hits of it repeatedly. One moment, we lost someone. Well, Cassidy's not feeling well. Okay, okay. So someone's just putting her to bed. Oh. And with that, it seems that uh, all that's been going on lately and them not feeling well, they might be bowing out for the rest of the game, so that's fine. I guess it'll just be Frockris and Bickle and Lula, which is totally fine. So as Frockris goes to take hit after hit after hit on the wall, each magically repairing itself. The point where it looks as if it never happened before the next shot was fired. God damn it. Can't Bruce for Bruce Fort Brute force your way through this one. <laughs> Can't fucking talk. I was just trying to make a little hole. The thing okay, is, same. I am not with you two to keep you from doing stupid shit. You went off That's into a true. different room. What do you expect? You know what, what? Wouldn't she hear the cannon blast and me just wailing the fuck out of the wall? Uh, no, because you're in a totally different section of rooms, and the only way to get from one room to another is by portal. Oh, cool. Okay. 
thought you might have gotten that yet. I don't know how how I didn't get it yet. I guess I'm going to go ahead and stop. And I'm going to try to check out the arcane lock and see if I can find a way past it. And yeah, I'm going to do an arcana check. There is no lock. Meaning the magical seal. It is just a magical bar holding the door shut. Isn't it sealed with magic, though? It's a magical bar where you would put the wooden bar to hold a door shut. Okay. I'm going to start looking around past that door and continue on down the hall. Very well. Would you like to enter through the portal on the left or the right? Right. Very well. Go ahead and roll a d100. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. In a winding stairwell, this curving stairwell connects two portals. Nothing to see here. It says, hold on, I'm getting a picture. And there we are. <clears throat> this curving stairwell connects two portals with not much to see here. You see a sword sitting in the middle of the hallway, looking as if it was just left there. I'm going to go ahead and do an arcana check on the sword and also the, the crossbow. Uh, very well. You can go ahead and do an Arcana check on both. Eleven. Describe to me how you want to do this. Uh, 
I'm coming out of the one that's at the top of the stairs, right? You are correct. I'm going to slowly go towards the sword and not touch it while I try to do the arcana check. You feel no magic coming off the sword whatsoever. I'm going to go ahead and inspect both the sword and the crossbow to see if there are any, any traps. You have to do two different trap checks. All right, what do you want me to roll? Two dex checks. All right. Not one. Oh, my fuck. Hang on. Hang on. I've got some for this. <laughs> oh, what was this? Mm. Mm. I don't have anything for this. <laughs> but but the good news is the first one was the sword. Okay. That's, that's the good news. Brockris. Ear. Ear Frockris. Remember that I love you. And I got a 12 for the crossbow. No, 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 no. Trust me, you don't need to roll for that. Because this unsuspecting sword is actually a Xavier. A Xavier looks exactly like a sword with a hard silvery body and a six-faceted green eye that resembles gems around the hilt of a blade. They are intelligent creatures that scuttle about on tiny, retractable, worm-like legs, seeking metals to consume. Any ferrous muscle... Uh, uh, <laughs> any ferrous metal touching it cracks and falls into shards. Xavier will then eat the shards. Whenever a Xavier can gorge itself, it grows slightly. A meal of several suits of armor or a dozen weapons might make one grow an inch in length. They cannot turn off their corrosive powers, but they can choose not to touch metallic items. You are entirely made of metal. That is correct, but I never said I touched it. What did you roll on your check? A one. My friend, what do the rules of this game say? Yeah, yeah, yep. That when you roll a one, you do arguably the stupidest thing. What would be the stupidest thing that Frockris would do to a metal object? Try to eat it. No, knowing him, he tried to weld it on himself like a sword. No. 
pointing down. Maybe. Am I wrong? <laughs> well, before I got this cannon, no, you wouldn't be wrong. But remember, I did end up, I did end up tossing the sword and a, an enchanted mace down because I didn't want to, I didn't want any anything to do with them because I had my cannon. So you're not tell. So you're telling me that Frocris would not go up to the sword, grab it, dangle it between his legs, and make a penis joke. The straight face. I need you to tell me. He probably would. Are you lying to your DM? Nope. I like I said, he probably would do that. With a nat one, what is the usually what is the probability with a nat one that he would do that? He probably wanted another third leg. So in other words, yes. My dear dear Frocris. Having touched the metal Xavier, cracks and falls into shards. Reacher, the, the Xavier will then eat the shards, gorging itself as Bickle runs away, screaming into a different room. Rockris, you're going to have to roll a new character. Oh. Bickle finds himself somehow on the very top of the drawbridge keep overlooking a rock nest. Oh, shit. Is Bickle fucked? Bickle is then going to do something that only Bickle would think about doing. He's going to run in and out of portals until he eventually finds Lula, ignoring <laughs> everything he sees until he finds Lula, except stopping to drink on occasion. Goodness. But Lula is technically hiding behind a book asleep right now. Did you just say hiding behind a sleep? A book. Oh, I know. Didn't say he was going to find you. I just said he, that's what he's going to try to do. Oh, no. And he's going to continue to do that until one of two things happen. Rockris, do you happen to have a secondary character sheet ready to go? I'm checking. Because you could always jump back in as a different character. I do not have one ready to go. Um, do you want to take a moment and roll a random one and we can meet you in a new room? Possibly. Let me see. 
While he's doing that, can I read more books? Let me check the room that you're in to see if there's any timetable on it and be right back. Okay. Okay. Okay, so it says in the archives there is no specific set schedule of anyone coming and going. As you find yourself more or less left alone with the magical light softly illuminating the room, as you're able to just sit and read all day. I am content to do that. Very well. And eventually, if you're no longer hiding behind a book, Bickle is going to have a lot easier time finding you. Well, yeah, because she's going to be going around. Maybe she's in the middle of getting a different book. <laughs> Holy shit! He does not find you anytime soon. I'm in, I'm in room 86. He was one room away. Oh my god, Pickle! On top of that, though, what information have I learned from reading those books? It says here... You have found a book of blueprints leading you through various rooms and their traps. There is a 50-50 chance that whatever room you're in will be in that book so you can disarm the traps. Dope. Anything else? I'm hungry for knowledge. I pay the food. Ah, you find the collected stories of the many who came here and their searches to let them become the builders. The story begins with Gerard the Geomancer. Ancient texts from his world hinted to a place of sacred geometry. His calculations brought him to a gate here where he spent a lifetime in the bowels of the quarry. It says 97 next to the room quarry. His divinations produced the spell to enchant the first building blocks. 
he would weave a wealth of riddles behind that would in turn be interpreted by architects and sorcerers who would also follow their own paths here. Each generation works towards building the gatehouse. From the mythic blueprints all the way to the masterful traps. The entire suborder of wizards of the first and a six generation long secret product. Feeding a steady stream of young apprentices to spend their lives weaving a methyl they poorly understood. While there are many blunders and curses and many second guesses, it seems that the content of the archives has been altered. So you have learned a fair chunk of lore about this place. Yeah. What level? Have you uh, had a chance to get a new character, my friend? What level do you want it set? Uh, let's go level five. All right, just a moment. Which incidentally reminds me I need to level up my other two players when they rejoin us next week. And don't forget those of you listening at home to check out the Real Fresh channel as the Real Fresh Cha on Twitter and YouTube. Check them out in both places, you will not regret it. So I learned a lot of lore. Is Bickle in the room now? Uh, no. Bickle is still running around kind of screaming. Okay. No. Can I search the room more for other stuff? You certainly can. Do I need to roll something As for that? You search the room for other stuff. Bickle runs in screaming, collapses on the floor. <laughs> And passes it. Holy shit! What the heck? I use a uh, healing word on Bickle. As you cast healing word, he recovers from his exhaustion, but is still out cold. I'm gonna continue searching the room then, I guess, until he wakes up. You gotta think, Bickle didn't really get the rest, because they said they were gonna take shifts, but no one said when, so Bickle just stayed up and cooked. Oh. If you recall correctly. I wasn't there. 
Oh, no, but I mean, if you recall the situation correctly. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and that I'm being gonna, said... I'm gonna actually take a hit off of my pipe of smoking and blow it into his face. I'll allow it. Because that's just hilarious. So as you take a big, deep... Make a constitution saving throw. Not twenty twenty-eight. You doubt me? Bickle could have still rolled a one. So with a nat nineteen and a nat twenty, he comes to as a serious case of the munchies. And in... Are you ready, Frakris? Possibly. I don't know how this is going to go, though. Well, what we can do then is we can end tonight's game here and pick it up where we, uh, where we get a chance to next week. And don't forget, we still have the winner that uh, on Twitter, Gail underscore makes underscore music get your set of free Primus Sharp Edge dice. So yes, we will call it a night tonight. Don't forget to check out the Real Fresh channel, Gamma Radio, Girls Who Crit, Lads on Tour, the Lads podcast, those guys for a bachelor party at the end of the world. Mission to Zix, they just recently ended their thing, but they're doing really well, because honestly, I, I've listened to their podcast probably about five or six times now, and I don't want it to end. Be no, no. Guys over at Z1 for making something honestly entertaining. And everyone, thanks for listening.